Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. We are so grateful to God. Agape, I was make sure you're praying that East Africa doesn't hold, hold your pastor down. Yes, yes. But we thank God for what God is doing. And I want to really appreciate all those who have been praying. We have a prayer group that prays for pastor when he goes on mission. And they've been sharing videos with us. And some of the videos, the people have been asking. We want, we want him back, you know. So, but we thank God for what God is doing. It's really been... Really, really been great, great testimonies, and it's all been fueled by the, by the prayers of the saints. Everyone that joins 9 o'clock in the morning to pray, 7.30, and even as the Spirit really awakens you to pray, the prayer is really making a difference. You know, even Pastor called me two days ago. He said, I've, I've, I've never seen this before. Like, what, the, what God, the presence of God and the power of God upon us people. So thank you all for the prayers. God bless you. God reward. And I know God will reward your labor of love in the name of Jesus. Amen. I, I just want to also appreciate everyone. You know, um, as a church family, we... It's just always good to, to, be, to be grateful, and I, I, I want to say thank you to everyone for what you do, for your love, for God's people, and um, I know many times we talk about the ministers, the leaders, but you just have to talk amongst members, and you can see that this is a family. You can see how somebody will just, you know, reach out to another fellow member, give them a ride, guide them, support them. You may be in their job search or going through having a child or sickness. So I just want to thank you all for doing, for being there for each other because that's what the church of God is all about. Um, God bless you for all that you do and God will continue to take us from glory to glory in Jesus' name. And as I said, I want you to tell, say to your neighbor, I thank God for you. I thank God for you, you because you are a unique being, because you are a masterpiece. I thank God for you. You know, we need to appreciate one another. I mean, just having someone sit next to you, you should be grateful for that, you know, that somebody chose to really sit next to you. Thank God, because you never know, maybe it's always a divine arrangement. And thank God for the ushers that did it, that led. I know sometimes you're not really happy the ushers sat us in a, in a particular place, but let's trust that they're, being, they're doing the work of God. And wherever they set you, it may not be always pleasant, but I, I believe, you know, sometimes there's a reason. So well, we thank God for our ushers. We thank God for, I, th- I just want to thank God for the workers of Agape. Yesterday, I came to church to drop off my kids for the Christmas play tryout. Four hours on Saturday. I didn't have to stay, but it's really intense, those people, the creative hearts. And, um, but those are some people, because for us in, in the congregation, a Sunday service, we come here two hours, but there are people walking behind the scenes. We had a membership class, and four of our men were here to teach the class. You know, people were coordinating, cleaning the church. These are what people do behind the scenes, and I just want to say thank you to everyone for your labor of love. God bless you. God reward you. We are all doing the work of the kingdom. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And let us always appreciate each other. It's not just those of us that are visible on Sunday. We all make this work. Hallelujah. Praise God. So what I want to share with us this morning um, is about our identity. It's a topic that I've really come to love so much. And um, I know today's message is not really new for some of us. It's not really new. For some of us, it's something you've heard over and over again. But, you know, God knows us. He knows that we can forget. He knows the enemy tried to steal the word. So he brings the word back again as a reminder. He brings it back to us as a reminder. How many of you have reminders on your phone? How many of you have reminders to do some things that you know you have to do, but you still put a reminder because 
life, things can distract you. So you need that reminder to do, to, to take out the trash. We have to put reminders for some people to take out the trash, you know, or just to do basic things, to get up, you know, do, go for your, some things that you know, but you still have to do, put a reminder. Before the phone, we put them down on our planners. So God brings a word to remind us of what we already know, knowing that the enemy comes to steal the word, or we get discouraged and we start doubting if this word is true. So today's word may be a reminder for some of us. For some of us, it's a new revelation. It's something that you've been coming to church, but nobody has really brought this to light. So I pray, either it's a reminder, either it's a revelation, I pray God will speak to you this morning. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for your love towards us. Thank you for bringing us here this morning into your presence, into your house, to partake of you. Lord, we thank you for your grace upon our lives. Thank you, O God, for the body of Christ. Thank you for this local assembly. Thank you for everyone that you have ordered their steps here today. Lord, we know it's not an accident. Father, we have come to meet with you. We pray, O God, I ask that you would touch everyone today in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, open our eyes of understanding in the name of Jesus. Speak to us where exactly we need a word. Everyone needs a word. We need a reminder. We need a revelation. So, Father, speak to us this morning. Let us see ourselves the way you see us. Father, Lord Almighty, do what only you can do. Take over. I'm just a vessel. Lord, speak through me. Use me, O God, to demonstrate your power and your glory, even in this time. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. You know, one thing I've come to realize is that, you know, after we've, we come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we've been brought out of darkness into light. We've become saved. After that, after that, after that decision on salvation, the enemy lost that battle over our lives. We give our life to Jesus. The next battle that we fight along the way is the battle of our identity, even though you've been, we've been saved, the enemy always comes to tell us, you're not really who God says you are. You're not really part of them. You can't really, really be that. You can't really, really pray. You can't really, really witness. It reminds us of past. It, it, it puts doubts in our hearts. So the issue of identity is very, very key. You know, when we hear about it, I don't want us to tune off and say, oh, what is all this identity about? It's really the battle that we fight through the journey of our Christian walk. And the earlier we win that battle, the better for us. We are able to enjoy the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. The enemy comes to steal our identity. He tries to distort it. He tries to destroy it. It tries to kill the identity that we have, that we are chosen, that we are, we are made in the image of God. He always tries to do that. And that's what he did with Eve, telling Eve, did, did God say this to you? Trying to distort, you know, the plan that God has given to Adam and Eve. So the issue of identity is very important. It's always good to know and understand it and always go back to it. And that's why I've fallen in love with the book of Ephesians. Because the book of Ephesians talks about who we are. Apostle Paul, someone that was on the opposite side, had an encounter with Jesus, and he made, you know, the, he had an encounter with God. Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And from then, he began to walk with God, and God used him in a mighty way to give us a revelation of the New Testament gospel. So the writings of Paul are very, very great. Every book in the Bible is important, but for us believers, for us New Testament believers, these are, these are really epistles we need to get familiar with. So the book of Ephesians is really dear to me. The book of Philippians, talking about knowing, you know, being like Christ. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. So um, in the scripture that we read today, Ephesians 2, 1 to 10, Paul talks about you know, our identity, about what Christ did for us. And that's what we'll be looking into. We'll be looking at it. We'll be going through the scripture so that, you know, we can get an understanding that we are not just ordinary. We are not just saved to sit on the chairs of the church, just waiting for the time when, you know, when rapture will come. We are saved to really, really live a fulfilling life here on earth. We are, we are in partnership with God. You know, he's there in heaven, but we are his 
you know, co-laborers. We are his representatives here on earth. So Ephesians 2.10, that's the key verse we are going to, you know, hold on to, says we are God's masterpiece. That's from the New Living Translation. And most of the scriptures I'll be referencing will be from the New Living Translation. You know, when we read the epistles, it's always good to read in different translations because the writings of Paul, being that he has a law background, can be a little, you know, very, um, very uh, um, hard hard to understand, but just at least it needs more clarity. So... Different translations helps to shed light to it. We, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So you have been made new when you give your life to Christ. When you come to Jesus and you accept him as a Lord and Savior, you have been made new. But you're not just made new just to be new and look good. You are a masterpiece. And that's why I have these props here. You are a masterpiece. Some are simple, some are complex, but we are all unique. And God has a reason. Even the simple things. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to us today, you know, this is the heart of the Father. That many of us, even the simple things about us, we... We, we, we think that it is not, you know, I'm not good enough. I can only, all I can do is just, you know, sing. I can't do any other thing. You know, you are a masterpiece. Tell your neighbor, you are a masterpiece. You are a work of heart. NIV says you are God's handy work. I love it. I'm God's handy work. God, you know, when things that are made by hand, you know how expensive they are these days? You know, when you do things by hand, crochet, you know, things made by hand, they are really premium. It's not custom-made, mass production from China, you know. Things that are custom-made, you find them in boutiques, high-end places, short heels, you know. So we are, so just see yourself as that. Like, you are unique. You are not bootleg. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, we need to because many of us think so less of ourselves and the Father is not pleased because you are his handiwork. You are his handiwork. We all have a unique thumbprint, right? It's all unique. So God actually really crafted us uniquely. Even your children, they have different ones. You have a diff- your parents, you all have different ones. So what is a masterpiece? A work done with extraordinary skill, a supreme intellectual or artistic achievement. That's who you are. You are a supreme intellectual artistic achievement of the creator of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Work of art. What is a work of art? And that's just for us to get a clear picture. A work of art is something that is very attractively presented, intricately detailed. And we've seen, you know, we've seen paintings. We go to places to observe. Some of us will travel to Paris, to places, to see things, to see, you know, nature, to see things that have done, sculpture, things that are paintings. We go to museums. A work of art is an object made by an artist of great skill, especially a painting, a drawing, or a statue. So that's, you know, in the simple term, that's what, that's what a work of art is. And that's what Apostle Paul is trying to tell the believers in, Ephesh, in, in Ephesus. You know, these were Gentiles. That's a common statue that we all know, Lady Liberty. You know, people come from all over the world. I hope you've all gone there to see Lady Liberty. So sometimes you live close to something valuable and you don't even check it out. So let's make it a field trip next summer if we haven't done that. Let's drive down to Jersey City and see um, the Statue of Liberty. But, you know, we, Paul was writing to the believers in Ephesus, in, Ephesus, in Ephesus. These are Gentiles who were brought into, you know, who, who, who Paul labored, preached the gospel to them. And he was reminding them, he was reminding them that you are unique. Because in those times, you know, the Jewish believers still feel they are better than other people. And there's always those things going around. Are you guys, you know, you're not really there. You're not perfect because you're not circumcised. So all these little things are still flying around. And other people second-guess themselves that I can't really, really be. We are not the, we are not the original ones. 
Paul has to, you know, write this to, to the believers. And he's saying the same thing to us today. That we, first of all, we have to understand that we are saved by grace. We are saved by grace. It's not because of anything we've done. It's because of the Father's love. And I love the, the song, this, I mean, all the worship songs. I, I love every, all of them. I always lo- I love them. But it's so, it just, it's like the message has been, has been preached from the songs that we sang this morning. We thank God for our worship team. God bless you. So we are saved by grace. And the second major point Paul brought up is that we are God's masterpiece. God made us for a purpose. You know, a masterpiece as something it's communicating. Some of them are so, we are so abstract, we may not understand, but there's, there's, there's something in the mind of the designer. There's something in the mind of God about you. People around you may not understand, but God has a reason why you're wired the way you're wired. There's something in the mind of God about you. Amen. So there are five things I want us to look into from this scripture about we as a masterpiece, because if we don't understand who we are, we will not be able to function. You know, it's good to know something, but understanding is very important. When you understand, you are able to apply your knowledge appropriately. You know, so we need to we'll look into five things from this passage about what, what we need to understand and do in order to live as a masterpiece. The thing about us is that we're not just a masterpiece to just stand, you know, in a place to be for display. We have to, we have life, we have will, so we have to do something. After knowing that I am, I am uniquely made, I have to do something about it. The first thing is to leave your past. And what I mean by that is the life with the enemy, you have to leave it. And Apostle Paul addressed that in the beginning of that um, verse, uh, Ephesians 2. He said, once you were dead, I'm, I'm reading from NLT, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. I mean, Ephesus was a place of so many idols, you know, many, you know, Gentile, Greek, so many things going on in that, in that part of the world at that time, which still goes on even in our own world as well. But it's telling them, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world, is the spirit at work in the, hearts, in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Verse 3, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. So he was just reminding them, that was your past life. That's how you used to be. You know, he's having a right conversation with them. But I want to remind us this morning that as a masterpiece, you have to live your past. You have to live the life with the enemy. You know, we sang that song during prayer. Everything that has happened in service today is really a summary of the message. I have decided to follow Jesus. You have to live, you have to make that decision, you know, as a masterpiece, you know, you can't say, some, of, some masterpieces are made out of stone, wood, metals. They don't want to go back to the raw material. No, no, no. You want to, you live the past life and be who God has called you to be. So we need to make that decision and really say goodbye to the enemy. The second thing we need to understand as a masterpiece you must embrace your present life. Embrace life in Christ. Life in Christ is so beautiful. It's so rewarding. It's, you just have to taste and see. That's what the scripture tells us. Taste and see that the Lord is good. When I'm telling you that I love the book of Ephesians so much, I know what it has done for me personally. You know, when you have, when, there's something where you just know, but when you have a revelation, and it's just in the simple things. You know, these things of God are so simple. Knowing that God loves you, God, you are his handiwork, and I've, I've asking God to just give you a revelation of what that means will take care of many things we worry about, many things we worry about, many insecurities that the enemy tries to hold us down, hold us captive with. Ephesians 2, verse 4, 5. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much. 
that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So Paul is telling us here that the Father God loves us so much. And as he sent Christ to die for us. And when Christ came to life, you know, we also were dead into our sins and we came alive with Christ. He raised us up with Christ. So when we make that decision to follow Jesus, God is applying the same thing to us. We are new. We are new in Christ. Ephesians 1.5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do from the beginning and he did not fail. He followed through his plan, and it gave him great pleasure. God, it, it, God is happy about us. He's happy to be our father. So it's very important that as a masterpiece, you just don't see God as the one who just created you, molded you, but he's your father. He, you know, you, you mean so much to him. You love him. Sometimes, you know, we make some things, but we don't really like it. We make it because maybe we, it will bring money, or we, somebody asked us to do it. Many times when you're you asked to cook, you probably don't want to cook, but people are hungry, right? You have to cook for them. So it's your handiwork, but you're not really so pleased about it. But with God, that's not the case. He was pleased. He was pleased to put us together, to bring us back to life. Hallelujah. The third thing we need to know, you must know your price, which, which means your value, your worth. You have to know. That's one of the areas the devil tries to question. Really, do you think you are, you are, do you think you are that important? Again, Dickness Gladys mentioned that word this morning. You are valuable. You have value. You are worth the blood of Jesus. You need to see yourself that way. And this is very important for us this day, because, these days because we tend to value ourselves based on things. Social media is really, really, we value ourselves. Once you see somebody post something, you're trying to get the same thing and post it. When you see something, you know, that is not who you are. You know, it's really something we need to really think about. You are worth the blood of Jesus Christ. That's your value. And you, don't, you are not inferior. You are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. 8 and 9. I know we skipped past 6 and 7. For those who like to be very methodical, we're going to 6 and 7. God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can, cre- you can take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. It is a gift. We are, you know, God bringing us to his family, it is a gift. And it's because it feels we are so, we, we deserve it. We are worthy. We give people, you know, people in our lives, friends that are doing something, that we, 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 we give them something because we value that relationship. You are valuable, and God sees that you are worth the blood of Jesus Christ. He could have done other things, at least he's the God of the universe. He could have done other things to bring you back. But because we are so valuable, it took him coming, coming to die for us, and with his blood, we are redeemed. We've been bought with a price. We've been bought with the blood of Jesus. So please don't let us forget that. Again, it's a reminder of who we are and how valuable we are. You are worth a lot more. It said it to us in Matthew. Jesus told us that God, Matthew 10, Matthew 10, 29, that God cares even about, cares so much about the sparrows. Even when each and when one falls down, is aware. A sparrow, that, a sparrow that, that is sold for a penny. Yet none of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Don't be afraid. God is with you. He made you. He created you. You are worth more to God. We just have to see God as a father who cares for us. And that's, that's where the disconnect is. That's where the disconnect is. Because God will not force himself on us. But when you go to God and say, Father, I'm here. Father, this is what, I need. This is what I'm going. This is what I'm feeling. 
it will speak to you. It will bring a word. It will, it will, it will, it will remind you of who you are. And that's, that's, that's what we need to do in our times. Instead of us going to things, going to, going to things to try to give us a meaning, a value, the only person that can give you a true value is your Father God, and it's in his word. Amen. The fourth point that we need to know as a masterpiece is to know our position. Because when you know where your position, your position with God, it gives you access to power. We prayed about that in the morning also, access, access to power. The Spirit of God is one. God is trying to tell us something. He's giving us access to power. He's giving you access to authority. He's giving you access. He's giving us access. But do we really know the position? And our position is that we are in Christ. But what happens is that many of us leave. We, we get out of that place and we go back into things. Into, we look for meaning in things. In, 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 in various things. In substance. In acquisition of wealth. It's okay to work hard and, and have money. I'm not against that. It's good. You know, we need money to survive, especially if you live in the East Coast. We need a lot of money. So it's good to work hard, but we know that most importantly, we, are, we belong to God. And these things cannot take us. We, these things cannot own us. God owns us. We belong to him. So we need to know our position. And that's what Paul told us in Ephesians 6 verse 7. Verse 6 and 7, Ephesians 2, verse 6 and 7, that after we were raised, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Verse 7, so God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace. God wants us to, God, God wants to use us as, you know, you, these are mine. You know, this is what I can do. This is what I've done because of my love for my, mankind. He gave us a position with Christ Jesus. With, Jesus. with God, there is no second class. There is no middle class. There is no first class. With God, we are all equal. And this is what Paul was telling the believers. Like I told us, they were Gentiles. Jews tried to present themselves as superior. But we thank God for someone like Apostle Paul who, who, who ran, you know, had the revelation and was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And that's what many of us need to, the role we need to play today. We know this truth. It's a reminder to you, but God wants you to go and remind someone that they mean a lot to God. They are not second class, that they are seated with Christ. Some of us, as we go through the week, this message will be something we need to share with our co-worker or maybe a fellow friend, even somebody, somebody in the church who is not here today and they're already feeling that God has forgotten them. They don't have a place with God. You, we have a position. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. That is where we are seated, far above all principalities and power. And because we are seated with Jesus Christ, we have access to power. And that's one thing we've been talking about a lot in our church, that, you know, we have access to power, power to heal, power to deliver, power to preach the gospel to people so that we can bring more into the kingdom. The world needs us. You just have to listen to the news. I've not been able to, I've not listened to the news as much this week because it's, I mean, I just have a lot to do, so I don't have time for the news. But um, the little notifications I've received, is just heartbreaking that, Things happening. We have, we've had, we've had, there's been about three shootings, you know. Um, North Carolina people are still trying to get over the flood. There's a lot of craziness in the leadership. We, you know, God will give us peace and it will take over. It's just, but with the whole shooting thing, you can just tell that people, there's just something going on. There's something going on. Darkness is. Darkness is all over, but we need us to arise. We need us to let people know that you are valuable. Your life is worth something. Why will you kill yourself and kill other people? 
The issue of knowing our value is so important. Brethren, don't let us take it lightly. And when we, have, when we talk to, and I want us to be, you know, as we are a family, there's a reason why God has put somebody around you, somebody saying, hello, how are you doing? Let's be honest. If you're not feeling okay, just say, sis, I'm not feeling okay. This is how I'm feeling. Can you pray with me? That's what we need to do so that we can put the devil where he belongs. He's under our foot. Hallelujah. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly place. That's our position. Hallelujah. And because of that, we have access to power. And Paul later talked about this power in Ephesians 6. But the key power we have is the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about this a lot in the church. But again, God wants us to remember all these things. And the number five, the last point about us that we need to know and understand as a masterpiece is that, yes, you have a new life with God. Yes, you know your value. You know your power. But it's not just to have. It's not for display. It's for a, a reason. It's for a purpose. You must know your purpose. Say, I must know my purpose. I must know my purpose. And the simple purpose is you are made for good works. We don't need to complicate it. You are made for good works. If you are called to usher, you, are, you usher for, in a good way that people will be looking forward to come to church just to see your smile. You are made for good works. And we can, don't let us limit ourselves by people's, what people have said towards us. Or what the, world is, what the world is saying that we should be like. We don't need to compare ourselves with what is out there. And this is one of the things that God freed me from. And that's what I'm telling you. know, When you've experienced some things, you just know this is so good. And you have peace. And you are just at peace. You are not worried what people, have on, what people are doing, because you know what God has called you to do, and you stay there and you're at peace with it. And that's where we need to get to. Know your purpose. And that's in verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. So that's the amplified version. I like the amplified because it, it gives you know, more description to some of the words. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork. You are God's own masterwork, a work of heart created in Christ Jesus, from, reborn from above spiritually, transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works. Hallelujah. Say, I am ready to be used for good works. And these good works we are talking about, okay, let's go to B, 10B, which God prepared for us beforehand. Taking parts which is set, we need to take the parts that God has set for us. Stay in your lane so that we will walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Hallelujah. You are made for good works. It could wherever, and this good works is not limited to church environment. You are made for good works within your family. You are made for good works in the marketplace. You are made for good works in the gym. You are made for good works at the drive-thru of Mickey D's. You are made for good works everywhere you find yourself. Hallelujah. You are made for good works on social media. Say, I am made for good works on social media. Hallelujah. You know, many people can make a judgment about us. When they know this, oh, you're a believer, but they see you on social media. They get confused. We are made for good works on social media, everywhere we find ourselves. We are made for good works. And, hallelujah, hallelujah. Why? Because you have, we have God's DNA in us. You have his DNA in you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So you, you just reflect who he is. God is good, God is loving, God is merciful, God is great. He said, I will not withhold any good thing from those who love me. So embracing your present life is so key. And that's why many of us struggle. We have not really decided to follow Jesus. We are still looking back. Just let it go. Live the life, live the life 
of the past. Leave it behind. Leave it behind and start with God. Start with God. And, and it's, you know, it's really about a relationship. Many of us are doing religion. So we are, still, we are in church, but we have not really, really cut ties with the enemies. We still fight. We still have, you know, we still do things. We still feel the need to go for a happy hour. We still need to go through the need to go to some places, do certain things. You know, we still want to, we need to cut ties. Say, I'm cutting ties with, the, with life with the enemies, with enemy. And cut the tie and just start with God. It's beautiful. It's great. We, read, we see many accounts in the Bible of people that work with God. It's always great. It's always rewarding. Hallelujah. So as I, as I wrap up this morning, you know, I told us that we have, we have God's DNA. And you just have to know that. You have God's DNA. And that should always remind you that I can, I'm not a counterfeit. And I can't allow, you know, I can't just allow anything that is not of God to come near me. And I can't partake of it. You know, I... I have an iPhone, right? So a few years ago, my screen broke. I took it to the, those phone doctors at the mall, and they fixed my screen for me. Actually, I went to the Apple store. They were going to charge. I thought my insurance would cover it. They said insurance doesn't cover screen breakage. So I went to the, uh, Mr. Doctor, cell phone doctor. They fixed it. Then I had a software issue with the Apple phone. So I now went back to the, A few months later, I went back to Apple to fix the software issue, which that is covered by insurance. They told me, and as soon as I gave them the phone, you know, Apple knows they have a serial number of all their products. They have a serial number of all their products. So just like, you know, that's just human invention. How much more God? They can track all their products wherever it is all over the world. So they checked the phone, and they were going to run it. They, they did the diagnosis, and they came back. They said, well, this is what the issue is, but we're not going to fix it because we realize there's, some, there's, some, there's something on this phone that is not our product. I said, what? Yeah, they said, you put something. It's not from us. It's not apples. I said, Yes. <laughs> But it's just a screen. It's just a screen saver. It's just, no, it's just a screen. I didn't touch anything, you know, inside. It said once you put a non-Apple product on our stuff, we're not going to take care of of the problem. Even though I was, I, I paid the insurance. So that's it. So, <laughs> I had to just. Yes, Apple is uh, is interesting. God have mercy. But what I'm trying to tell us is that we, we have God's DNA. We have his fingerprint on us. So don't let anything counterfeit come near you. Don't entertain anything counterfeit. Hallelujah. You have the best. The creator of heaven and earth is your father. And he loves you. He cares for you. Counterfeit comes from the enemy. It tells us you are not good enough. It tells us you can be like them. It tells you you can wake up and pray. It tells you is that you can forgive. That's the enemy. That is trying to put you, give you counterfeit. But Jesus says you, you, you can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We have access to power. So we have to just believe the truth that the Father is saying about us. You have to believe the truth that the Father is saying about you. And that's what I wanted to you know, encourage us with this morning. I don't know where you are right now, what you're feeling, the challenges you may be going through. As I close this afternoon, I just want, this morning, I want you to just ponder over your life. What, what is it that the enemy has been telling you about your situation? Is it, is it your job situation? You're believing God for a new job. And it's been taking so long. I thank God for that word. And I believe that word is for those, that word access. If you're here believing God for a job, God is giving you access. God is giving you access to where you want to be in the name of Jesus. Believe him. Believe God. He's a faithful God. Are you limiting yourself by age? I don't know what the enemy has told you that, oh, it's too late now. You can't do much, you know. It's, you can do more. No, you can do a lot. You can do a lot. You can bring a lot of meaning 
I thank God my parents have been with us now for almost three months. They've been a blessing. They've been a blessing to, to, to me and my husband, to the children, you know, just encouraging, just nurturing. We're not even used to all the, like, all the care, all the... We're used to just getting go, you know, go out, no breakfast in the morning, and she's trying to get us to eat breakfast. No, we're good. We're just on the go with, with the coffee and snack bar. But, um, <laughs> but you know, even though that's in a, that is a, in a very simple way, but you can, you know, if God has blessed you with long life and good health, and maybe you, maybe you fall short with your own children because challenges of life while you are raising them, you can be a blessing to your grandchildren. You can begin to impact life to them. You can begin to pray with them when their parents are running out to work. You can begin to do that. You can do that in the house of God. You can do that in anywhere God has placed you. Don't be limited by age. And we thank God for our millennials. I think somebody posted during the week that everybody complains about a millennial until they are ready to convert a Word document into PDF. <laughs> Thank God for our millennials. They are awesome. And many of us, we know, many of us are millennials. You think, yeah, I just actually Googled what's the age range. I realized that. I'm not, but I'm almost borderline. <laughs> I, you know, early 80s. People from the early 80s ranging to like late um, 2000. Uh, so it's a wide range, actually. I was really surprised. So we thank God for the millennials, and you guys are so valuable. You do so much, and God bless you. And don't, don't think less of yourself, because you will do great works for God, mighty works, great invention. We love and appreciate you, and let's value them. They really make many of us, they make, because millennials, you, you have to think if you want to do, work with them. You can't just shove things down. You have to really dot your I's and cross your T's, because they want to understand why. So don't let us limit ourselves by age that I'm too young or I'm too old. You are God's masterpiece. His DNA does not expire. His DNA does not grow weary or weak. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And let, don't compare yourself with other people. You are a unique creation. You know, we, you should be at peace. It's good to be inspired and challenged, but... We get to a point in our Christian work that we don't bog down by, oh, somebody has this, somebody has this title, what about me? We need to get to a place that you just know that where you are, you know God has placed you there. You need to know that you are in a unique creation because the devil tries, and that has led many people into depression, comparing ourselves with one another. The only template is what God has called you. He said, you are his masterpiece. And just go to him and say, Father, show me. How do you want me to be your masterpiece? Is it in my gift? Is it in my talent? Is it in what I do? How do you want me to be your masterpiece? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I want us to go into time of prayer this morning. I really believe there are some people here that, you know, you've made some, you've said some things about yourself. Because of your experience, because of what people have done to you, you've said some things about yourself. And today, God wants to renounce, wants you to renounce it. He wants you to renounce it. They call them, we call them inner vows, inner vows. If you are here today and you've said, because of challenges you are going through, you've said, I want to die. You need to renounce that today in the name of Jesus. If you are here today, and because you, people have, somebody broke up with you, 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 know, you thought they would come in a relationship with you, but they, they left you, and you said, nobody loves me, nobody likes me, those are inner vows that you've said based on circumstances. The, de- the enemy take, takes that and make, it amplifies it in your mind, and you start to believe it, and it becomes your reality. Today, you're going to renounce it. So if that applies to you, if you've said things like, I, I want to die, because maybe you're dealing with a sickness and you, you're already giving up, that is not your portion. If there are inner vows that you've made, oh, I will never, I will never trust a man because the, the, the first man you trusted did not, disappointed you. And because of that, you've said those things. If you are here today and you know you've made inner vows, 
I will never talk to someone. I will never talk to so, so, so. Inner vows, because they hinder your life. They hinder your life from moving forward, from being, the devil takes that. So this morning, I want, I want, I want us to renounce. If, they, if you've said anything, begin to renounce it. Things that you've said to yourself, things that you've said to yourself, the Father wants to deal with it this morning. You know, challenges of life comes from different angles. Sometimes it's curses that people speak over us. Power of Jesus can break that as well. But today we are dealing with the things, and the world is so deceptive. The world is so cruel. You, people will say negative things about themselves, post it on Facebook, and people will be liking it, and you, you know, and you'll be getting pity party. That is the devil giving you the platform to just destroy yourself. Today, Makashen Dere Baba Kerebo. If you are in that situation, you know you've said, you can remember as I'm talking right now, when you said something about yourself, about that, I will never trust again. I will never forgive. Those things hold us, hold us bound and captive. I want you to rise up and we pray together this morning because he's here to set us free. Father wants to take care of that. If you are here and you've made such inner vows, begin to renounce. Say, in the name of Jesus, I renounce those words and say the specific word. In the name of Jesus, I will never trust a man again. I don't think... You know, people who have gone through some trauma, they can never drive. Somebody say, I can never drive. That's not your portion. We break that in the name of Jesus. You can drive. You will take the gospel of God all over New Jersey in the name of Jesus. Some people are afraid of flying because maybe a loved one, something happened through flight. Those are inner vows that we've made and the enemy has used to limit us. But today we break them in the name of Jesus. You are made new in Christ. Heavenly Father, we come this morning and we pray, oh God, Father, because we are yours, Lord Jesus, because you have come to give us life, your word says, and now you Gentiles have heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he has promised. Father, I pray that what you have promised your daughters and sons this morning, let it be unto them in Jesus' name. As many are standing this morning, what you have promised them, Lord, let it be unto them in Jesus' name. Through the Holy Spirit, Lord, let it be a seal of our, give a seal of approval in the name of Jesus. I renounce every negative words they have spoken over themselves out of fear, out of pain. I renounce those words today in the name of Jesus. You are God's masterpiece. You are made for signs and wonders. You are free. You will live and you will not die. You will be fruitful. You will multiply. You will own lands. You will prosper in the land in the name of Jesus. You will have peace. You will enjoy your marriage. You will enjoy your children, whatever it is. No more fear. No more fear of, of flying. No more fear of driving. We break every stronghold of fear today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Benga, I hear God saying that you will rise. You will rise, you will rise, you will rise. You will rise. I don't know what you're going through right now, but it's saying, as I, hear, I, heard him, I heard the song, I will rise, I will rise, as Christ was raised to life. I don't know what it is you're going through that is trying to overwhelm you, but God is saying that you will rise in the name of Jesus. Is setting you 
as a light in your family. Don't give up. He's giving you strength. You will rise in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My sister, thank you, Jesus. God says, don't, you don't need to run. He says, you don't need to run. You don't need to run. He said, I'm here. I'm here. He says, you do not need to run, daughter. You do not need to run. He said, I'm here for you. I'm here holding you. I will help you. He says, you do not need to run. I'm your peace. I'm your peace. Come to me. Just as I said in my word, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. He said, you do not need to run. That's the word I hear him say to you. You do not need to run. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you. I know my time is up, but I need to be obedient because God gave me three names. And if, if there's any, you can see me after service, but if you're here and your name is Isaac, and um, you can see me after service because we're Isaac. I also got another name, Leke and Ibrahim. I believe God has a word for you. Is anyone here that with the word Ibrahim, in the name Ibrahim, or it could be your child? And Leke. All right, you can see me after service if that applies to you. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your love towards us. Thank you for reminding us of who we are, that we belong to you, and we don't need to seek approval of anyone else. We are authentic, we are original, created for good works, and we have been empowered to do these good works. Lord, we thank you. Help us to walk in this truth. Help us to live out this truth so that your kingdom will advance and the enemy will be put to shame. It will be totally destroyed. Thank you, mighty God. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Hallelujah.